So, holiday season. This time of year means a lot of different things uh, for for different people. Uh, one, it's a time of a lot of celebrating, a lot of coming together, connection, uh, a lot of family, friends, perhaps. Your your um. Ah, uh, yeah, so celebrating, getting together, people. Uh, for some of us, it's a really special time. It's an easy time uh, in that way of connecting. We look forward to it. For others of us, it's a lot more complicated. Uh, getting together with, with uh, maybe friends or family that um, we don't all agree or get along. Sometimes this is a time of year where people are under an extra amount of stress often. It's a time of year that brings back uh, maybe memories from unhappy times growing up. Um, Someone I was speaking to earlier today actually was just telling me how this time of year he was tracking um, just this feeling of trauma that arises for him related to all the violence that was happening to him in the home at this time of year, that it really ramped up uh, around the holidays. And I think that's true for a lot of families who have violence going on in the home. It's a time that can be really stressful. And, um, and so there's this contrast. Uh, maybe, maybe it's not traumatic. Maybe it's... Um, uh, more uh, just a time to go inward. Our days are getting shorter and darker, and there this can be a very natural time to go inward and feel like we want to reflect. You know, there's that that contrast of um, uh, the darkness bringing uh, a, a want to find uh, uh, and celebrate the light outside of ourselves, it's also a time, a really precious time to go inward uh, and find that internal warmth that darkness often brings, uh, a time of coming home to ourself. And yet uh, there's a lot of contrast in that. Most of us find ourselves caught up in both, and it's hard to reconcile. So with all of these scenarios, uh, Speech is probably something that we could all use a little support in. When we are um, in that celebration mode, uh, sometimes we lose track of what we're saying. We get kind of excited and in the moment, maybe we're with people that we don't see that often and we're not that tuned into them. Um, 
Others of us, it's coming from that place of stress, of, of exhaustion, lack of patience. Uh, and then we end up saying things that um, maybe we wouldn't have otherwise. Uh, some of us are caught up in that trauma pattern of family and old past wounds. Uh, and it's hard to stay present with our words and our communication. And so bringing in this practice of, of mindful communication, mindfulness of our speech, uh, this is a great time to do that. Uh, communicating, uh, using our words, it's how one of the ways that we do connect. It's one of the ways that we can share um, ourselves with somebody else in a really beautiful way. Uh, it can also be a way to bring more disconnect. And, um, you know, through that disconnect, we know through this practice that that just leads down a path of more suffering and strain and unsatisfactoriness, more dukkha. The Buddha saw this connection very deeply. Uh, He makes a priority. Uh, He makes mindful speech or wise speech a priority in the path to awakening. Um, it has, it's actually right there in the center of that list of the Eightfold Path, which is kind of the, the roadmap or one of the roadmaps to freeing our hearts and minds. And right there in the center is wise speech. And so we start with just being conscious of our patterns of speech, being conscious of what we're saying, what's the intention behind it, what's our mood, what's our view that we're seeing and then speaking through. We start there, and then we start to cultivate different types of speech and refrain from other types of speech because we begin to see how um, our speech affects not just the people that we say it directly, but we also see how it affects us. The things that we say, we can't take it back, whether we say it out loud or we put it through in an email or a text. Once it's out there, it's out there. Um, It has that ripple effect. And so we have to be careful. What is the ripple effect we're creating? And those ripple effects, they come right back to us. It comes back to us at night, right before bed, when we're reviewing what we said and did during the day. It comes back to us in our sitting practice when we're being still and being just with ourselves, and all of a sudden there can be this flood in our mind of remembering certain things we did and said. It's very unsettling. And so what we say really does matter to, to the whole fabric that we're part of, to each other, to others, and to ourselves. And that's where the wisdom comes in. That's where it becomes wise speech, is understanding that it's not just about being a good person. It's about uh, being a whole person, cultivating the wholeness of ourself. When we talk about cultivating our heart and our mind, uh, what we say, we can't parse that out. We can't parse our speech and our interactions with others from that. Our relationships are very much a part of that. So, to begin, I want us to practice 
how to be present while with other people. Because right there, that's hard. (laughs) It's one thing to be mindful of our breath or our body, which is hard in itself. I mean, how many of you found just the 45 minutes being there with breath and body and sound difficult in some way? Yeah, that's a challenge. So then add someone (laughs) to that mix, and that's not easy. And so we have to practice that too. How do we stay present within ourselves, embodied, grounded, aware of the emotions and thoughts that are going on within us, and be attentive to somebody else? It's um, possible. It's very, very possible, but it takes practice. So to begin... We're going to do this in stages. Uh, so to begin, just right here, how you are, eyes open if you want, closed if you want, um, just feel your body. Notice your body here, feel it in the chair, or on the floor. Feel your breath. Just have a sense of yourself here in this room, in this space. And then if you have your eyes closed, I would like you to open them. Usually when we're in communication with somebody else, especially if we're in person, we've got our eyes open. How do we pay attention to our ourself and have our eyes open? So you are seeing, but can you also see and feel the body here? Have both of those going on. We're just adding another one of the senses. We can hear, we can see, and we can feel the body. We're expanding our uh, circle of awareness to include all of that happening right now. Now, just look around the room. Stay connected with yourself sitting here, your body sitting here, and just let your eyes float around the room. It doesn't need to land on anything in particular. But notice if your attention starts to fall away from the body and see if you can keep that balance of looking, seeing, but also having an awareness of the body here. It might take a little bit of adjusting to holding both of those things. It's not that you are um, multitasking. Instead, think of it as expanding that awareness to include just a little bit more. Okay. Now I want you, if you're able, to stand up. And you won't be there long. You're welcome to use the aid of the back of a chair or the wall if you need some steadiness. I'm going to do it too. Stand up and do the same thing. Now we're adding different sensation. Feel your feet on the ground. Your breath changes when you stand. Be aware of that and keep that awareness of sight and sound. 
a little bit different, but possible, expanding that awareness. Okay, so now I want you to walk over to someone and say hello and shake their hand if you'd like, unless you've got a cold, don't shake their hand. (laughs) Just wave. Um, And say your name and then listen for their name and see if you can do this and stay connected to your body, sight, sound. Again, it's not multitasking. We're just expanding further our, our circle of awareness. So go ahead and you might uh, introduce yourself to a few people. Okay. (laughs) Hi, Jeff. Kate. (laughs) Okay. So then I'd like you to find the last person or one of the last persons. Find somebody and um, sit together. So if, if someone needs to be sitting in a chair, you both sit in the chair. If someone needs to be sitting on the floor, both of you sit in the floor. If you want to stand, you're welcome to continue standing. Uh, but we'll be doing this next extra exercise for a little while, so just keep that in mind. So go ahead and find a person. If there is a group of three, we can make it work, but try to keep it groups of two. Yep, and just sit. You're just going to sit together for a moment. And who still needs a group? Who needs a partner? Okay, group of three, that's fine. That's, yeah, great, excellent. Okay, everyone have someone? Okay, great. So now this next part, it's a little bit more, we're just going to expand our um, way of being with another person. For some of you, this is great. You're so excited to do this. And for some of you, you're thinking, where's the exit? (laughs) This is way past my comfort zone already. (laughs) Bear with me. I'll do this so gently, I promise. And you're, you're always welcome to just close your eyes if it becomes too much. Okay. For a moment, for a very short period of time, I'm going to have you just be here in silence with this person. But you'll start with your eyes closed. So I want you to close your eyes and just feel your body here. Notice what thoughts are going through your head, if there's any emotion arising. It's okay if it's uncomfortable. And breathe. And then I'd like you to stay connected with yourself right now. 
this feeling of of who you are in this moment. And then open your eyes and expand your awareness to now include not just yourself, but this other person sitting in front of you. And you don't have to gaze right into their eyes if that's too much. For some, that's really vulnerable. Um, But just take them in in some way, just knowing that they're here, expanding your awareness to include them. Breathe. In fact, take everyone take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. <sighs> okay, let's stay with it for just another moment. And then go ahead and close your eyes again. Feel the body here. Take a moment to reflect on what that was like. What did your attention do? Did you just ex- escape? <laughs> kind of, uh, did it feel like your awareness just kind of went out of body? Did you lose track of yourself sitting here? Were you so focused on your internal experience that it was really hard to bring in another person and you weren't that aware of them? Or was there somewhat of a balance, being aware of them and yourself in some way? There's no uh, gold star for this, and there's no punishment for, for doing it one way or the other. It's just a reflection. It's just information. Okay? So now um, you can open your eyes and you can look at me if you'd like. (laughs) And we're going to take this the next step further and we're going to talk. Except um, it'll be a very structured conversation. Uh, One of you will be listening and one of you will be doing what is called mindfulness out loud. And some of you have done this before. Uh, mindfulness out loud is simply you saying out loud what it is you're noticing in the moment. And it can include just about anything. So you might notice, I'll do it right now. Okay. So I'm aware of my breath, taking a deep breath. I'm aware of the feeling of my um, legs crossed underneath me. I'm aware of you looking at me. I'm aware of my mind trying to figure out what to say next. I'm aware of my breath again. I'm aware of a slight hum behind my right shoulder. So something like that. So we're going to include any of the senses. It's good to have a filter You don't have to disclose everything that's going on for you. Um, (laughs) But it'll be, um, we'll just do it for uh, a minute and a half, how about, which is short. Uh, And, oh, I'll, um, yeah, I'll I'll do something with you guys. (laughs) I'll make it work for you. Um, 
So one of you will be doing mindfulness out loud for a minute and a half, and I'll tell you when to start, start and stop. And the other will be just listening. And you can actively listen in this. You don't have to stand there or sit there uh, like a total statue. But I don't want you to ask questions, and I don't want you to reply in some way. I just want you to listen. And in either role, listening or speaking, I want you to see what is it like to be aware in some capacity of yourself and this other person and practice widening that um, circle of awareness to include both of you. And you'll notice it shifts naturally. There'll be more attention inward and then there might be more attention outward and then there might be a balance and it, it might shift quite a bit. You might be more inclined one way or the other It'll be different when you're speaking from when you're listening. I just want you to notice what happens to your attention, your mindfulness, when you are engaged in this way. Okay? Any questions? Okay. Uh, great. So have turn towards your person or people. And... I want you to, um, right now, uh, look at your other person and each of you raise your hand. Okay, so whoever rose your hand first, you'll go first. (laughs) You can work that out. (laughs) Okay. So let's all start together. Let's all start together. So whoever rose their hand first, you will be the speaker. The other person will be the listener. But let's start by first grounding in the body. Feel the body sitting here. Feeling the breath. And speaker, you can begin. Okay, so then speaker, you can stop, close your eyes, listener also, close your eyes, 
Bring your attention back to the body sitting here. Take a moment to reflect what happened to your attention. And then we will now switch the roles. So group of three, you can just go clockwise. Uh, Oh, you all did it? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You can do it again, then. You can do it again. Okay. So if you were listening, you'll be the speaker. Speakers from last time, you're now listening. Group of three, you are definitely on your own. (laughs) You're doing your thing. Okay. So feel the body here. Speakers, you can begin. So then close your eyes, take a moment to reflect on what that was like. Okay. So that was, that was structured. Um, now we're going to move out of it. It'll still be slightly structured, um, but a little more natural. I'd like you to take turns in sharing what this time of year is like for you or what it's been like recently, this year, what this time of year means to you, what, it, what it's like for you. That can mean many different things. Um, and you'll just take about a minute each to share um, something about, about yourself. Uh, when you're speaking, see if you can do that with that shared awareness, but just noticing also, does your attention go more inward as you're speaking and thinking about what you want to say? Um, Do you lose track of the other person? Uh, If you're listening, does your attention go fully on the other person? Do you lose track of yourself or vice versa? Um, Try not to step on top of each other. Really listen when it's your turn to listen. 
speak when it's your turn to speak. I will ring a bell uh, after a minute and then after the second minute to, to end it. Okay? So whoever, um, you might just naturally start with whoever was um, listening last, you can speak. And uh, you guys, yeah, you can figure it out. You're on it. <laughs> I know you're good. Okay. Uh, so you can begin. That's a minute. You can give space to the other person. can start to just wrap up what you're saying and um, uh, we'll do one more just just free talk back and forth what this was like for you and uh, it doesn't have to be you know so structured at all just have a quick conversation about what you noticed doing doing all this so far and um, as you're doing it, though, seeing what happens, stay connected with the instruction to stay connected with that awareness of your attention and what it does. Okay. You can go ahead.
You can start to wrap up what you're saying. Thank your partner or your partners. And then turn your body back towards the front. Okay, so <laughs> let's um let's hear from you a little bit. Uh, maybe do you mind? There you go. Thank you so much. Yeah, and if you'll just wait for the the mic so that everyone can hear and it's recorded well. <laughs> I wanted to say that I found that it was easier for me to be present and to listen than it was for me to actually talk and be aware of my body and sounds and and sight and so forth. Um, That was much more difficult. Yeah. That's what I found. And I'm grateful for the chance to practice. Thank you. I'm so glad because really it's good to see that and hold it in that way. It's just information, right? Just to see what um, what happens, and because we don't necessarily even think to look, <laughs> right? So it's just good to take a moment, see what really does happen when I'm when I'm in this kind of situation. Um, yeah, great. Thank you. Any any other reflections? Yes, right here. Oh, behind you. <laughs> behind you. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, Deb. Um, uh, I'm sort of left with a sense of gratitude to my partner. I have no idea who this person is. <laughs> just met her, Debbie. Debbie. And um, I'm just uh, full of gratitude that she was willing to kind of go through this uh, exercise with me because I feel a, 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 a connection of some kind, and yet I have no idea who you are. Uh <laughs> Isn't that lovely? And, th- and that was that was good. So yeah. I'm in appreciation. Yeah, that's wonderful. You know, um, this time of year for many can be a very lonely time. Even if you're surrounded by people, we can find ourselves feeling a little lonely or disconnected from others. And it really just takes that that warmth of another person. We don't even have to know them very well. And it takes us being vulnerable. And taking time to really be with somebody else, even if we don't know them very well, can be in the line at the grocery store or, you know, the the person filling up their gas next to us at the gas station or in the coffee line or whatever. Um, Just these little moments of connection. They don't have to be long. They don't have to even be profound in some way, you know, in something you said, Um, but just connected. And it is such a gift that we can give to each other and give to um, especially those we don't know. Maybe not especially, but certainly not excluding. <laughs> so we get a taste of that here. Thank you. Hi. Uh, let's see. I was, 
I felt very nervous about the kind of quick intimacy that comes up in yeah. this kind of a conversation. Um, mm-hmm. And and then the other thought I had was, how do I not start dialoguing in my head about what my next thing to say is? How do I stay present? Yeah. Both while talking and also while listening. How do I not move forward or move backward thinking about something else? How do I stay fully present. I find that to be hard in my daily life. And, yeah. um, and I, I, you know, how to do that. How? Yeah. Are you asking, um, for advice or just that's a question that's coming up for you that you're asking yourself? Um, I suppose advice. I mean, I think that, like, the guidance that you give while we're quiet uh, is valuable to help me kind of recenter and, and and think through how do I stay present. Mm-hmm. Great. But then when there's all this other dialogue happening, how do I also do it then yeah. while bringing all that in? It's, yeah. it's a lot to try to do all at the same time. It is. Um, oftentimes I hear this as being equated to, you know, that whole like pat your head. I don't even know if I can do it. <laughs> pat, pat your head, rub your stomach. Um yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> but um, it's it's actually, it, it is a little bit of that, uh, especially when we first begin. Um, it just takes practice. And then it doesn't feel like that. It, it feels all included. And um, we learn how to just expand, like I was saying. It's more of this expansion of, of our awareness rather than um, needing to feel like we're multitasking in some way. So practice, really. And um, using the body is really helpful. Getting practice using the body to, to anchor your presence is really, really helpful. Uh, because not only is it useful as an anchor, but it also gives us a lot of information about how we're doing in that moment. So it'll highlight that the mind is trying to come up with what to say next. Um, So you'll be aware that that's actually part of what's happening in the moment. It'll also um, make it more clear what kinds of emotions are our presence or what your energy level and patience level is in that moment. Um, You might also notice, what am I doing with my body? That's part of our communication. We can be saying one thing and our body could be saying something completely different. If we're not in tuned with our body, we, we don't necessarily have that connection with how we're fully communicating. Um, so these are all, the, the body is really um, key in the whole equation. Yeah. Okay, and then maybe one more. Um, at the same topic, um, this is... Um, some advice I got from another teacher, not present at this time, um, because I had the problem of always thinking about what I was going to say before I'd even heard what they were saying to me. Uh And um, she cast it this way. She said, "Uh, you believe in being generous, right? I said, yes. And she said, be generous with your attention. You have nothing more valuable to give Mm. than your attention to your fellows. Lovely. And if you, you know, if you settle into that sort of, I'm, heart space of this is 
a gift I'm giving, there's it, there, a great joy arises in just listening. Yeah, wonderful. Yes, it is a gift. It's so generous, and we need it. <laughs> Pay attention. Pay attention. It is. It's. It's. Um, it's nourishing for both parties. It feels really good when someone's clearly, really listening to us. It feels really crappy when we know it's just like a, I could be talking to a brick wall <laughs> right now. It feels really awful. And so when someone's really paying attention and engaged with us, we feel good, um, especially when it's it's not, you know, it's, it's the type of attention that um, is kind and compassionate. Um, it's so meaningful. And we carry that with us. You know, we can we can feel that connection, the residue of that kind of connection for a while. And um, it is such a gift. I, I like that that phrasing. Um, okay. So there's the the presence piece. The presence piece, the mindfulness, being mindful while we're we're speaking. Really, really important. Um, not to be overlooked. But then there's also the cultivating piece. So as we're, we're present to our communication, we're learning also. We're not just being present with the other person, but we're learning how it all works within ourselves. We're observing. We're becoming uh, um, researchers in our, our own, uh, of our own psyche. Just what happens to us when we're in these different connections with people. And it changes depends, depending on what you're talking about or who you're talking to. Um, we want to we learn all that and really see it. And then from there, we start to see those connections I was talking about, the connections to wisdom. You know, what type of communication um, and speech uh, leads to a lot more unhappiness, disconnect, um, more suffering, what kind of communication and speech brings connection and uh, cultivates more of what I'm wanting in my life. And then from there, there, there's a really nice roadmap that um, the Buddha laid out that I'll share with you. It's just something to keep in mind as you go into the cultivating phase of speech. And so there was, there's a list of uh, types of speech, of course. That's, of course, there's a list um, <laughs> that he says to refrain from. So to, to, to catch yourself when you're doing it. Or catch yourself even better before you do it. Um, if neither happens, then reflecting on it later realizing that wasn't so great. What was that? All of those count. All of them create more awareness. Um, It's all uh, in uh, the spirit of cultivating more wisdom around our speech. And so the first one is to um, refrain from lying. You know, that probably seems obvious uh, when on a spiritual path, um, cultivating heart and mind. Lying doesn't really fit really well in there. But um, 
we can get into the subtleties of lying and also the understanding of what lying really does. Uh, human beings are really good liars. We're good at it. <laughs> or we, at least we think we are. Some of us are not that good. We don't have that great of a poker face. But we do it anyway. It's one of our, our possibilities when we open our mouth. Uh, we learn it when we're really little to please people, to get what we want. And it continues from there. Or to say, sometimes it was to say, stay safe or to keep someone else safe. We lied. We learn these things. But as, as adults, um, some of those patterns continue. Uh, we do it for many different reasons. Sometimes they're really big lies. And... You know, when we tell really big lies, we have to keep track of that lie. That's a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort. We might end up uh, avoiding people because of it. Um, it creates major disconnect. When we get caught in those lies, um, it tarnishes our reputation, right? We're, we're hard to trust. It's hard to be connected with someone who's hard to trust, there has to be a period of rebuilding and forgiveness, which is possible. But it's, it's challenging. We create a hard road for ourselves. So l- those are big lies, little lies too. Even the little ones, uh, they work away uh, at our trustworthiness. And um, even people that um, love us, uh, they might start to question um, just how, how trustworthy we are. And so even the, the little lies, we want to bring awareness to that and, and catch ourselves. Uh, you know, sometimes it's in, in um, you know, a way that we're um, expanding the information, we're elaborating in some way that isn't quite truthful, but it gets the point across, you know. Or uh, we're telling it in some way to make us look better or maybe make someone else look better. But we're more likely to use that kind of effort for ourselves, most likely. And, you know, it becomes obvious after a while. Um, Think of it in this way, too. Those people who are just so honest and how when we really want an honest answer, we go to them. When we need somebody we can really trust, those are the people we, we lean on. And uh, we want to be that, too. And so it might just take practice. Um, so noticing not only that, you know, it's easy to say lying bad, you know. We want to understand why, why is it harmful. And so taking time not only to refrain from it, but to understand the effects of lying. And then, so that's the refraining part. Uh, then to cultivate, cultivating truth-telling. Um, I can't remember who said it. George Orwell, uh, the writer George Orwell says, in times of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. Boy, <laughs> has that never been truer. It is. It's a revolutionary act at this point in time to tell the truth. Let's put those ripple effects out into the world. And we have to 
you know, sometimes we have to get a little bit um, creative with our truth-telling. Uh, Paul Ekman was, I forget what, what the show was. It was on um, a podcast or radio show. Was on being interviewed. Paul Ekman, um, he uh, he's the guy who studied facial expressions so that you could. He trained himself and then trained others to be able to read micro expression and then have an idea of what that person was feeling. And so he was talking about how uh, when his child was born, that he made a pact with himself uh, never to tell a lie and made this really strong intention never to tell a lie. And he said, sometimes that means I have to be really careful with what I say because it could be really harmful. Like someone, he gave an example of someone wanting us to come over for dinner, and I just didn't really, I didn't want to. I didn't have a good reason why not. And I thought, well, they won't ask. And they did. (laughs) You know, well, why not? Or, you know, when can you come? And he and he said, I just had to be really tactful and, and honest. But um, with honesty comes, there has to be timing and compassion too. And so he gave some response like, you know, I'm, I'm getting to this age where I feel like my time is so precious and I have uh, only so much time and I have... Um, people in my life right now that I want to spend all that time with, and I'm just not really making new friends right now. He said that. (laughs) And it was true and honest. And so that's a pact. He said, I don't always do it 100%, but I catch myself really easily because it is such a strong intention. Um, And so I'll even go back and say, remember that thing I said? It wasn't quite honest. And then he'll tell the truth. So it's a revolutionary act. Uh, we feel we create a sense of safety for ourselves when we're when we're honest, uh, when we're a truth teller. Uh, people, certain people gravitate to us when we're a truth teller. Uh, it has a certain power to it um, because it takes some strength and some bravery to tell the truth. Uh, so, something to keep in mind. So. So cultivating uh, truth-telling, refraining from lying. The next one category is um, restraining from divisive and malicious speech. Uh, So this is the kind of speech that creates division. It's really directly the kind of speech that uh, is um, somehow its intention, uh, whether we're conscious to it or not, is... Uh, disconnect. We are saying something not to bring people together or bring ourselves together with another person. It is for the purpose of disconnect, of division. Um, we see this in gossip a lot. I mean, that is what gossip is, really. It's divisive speech. And it div- Gossip is funny because it, it does allow us to connect with someone, right? We're t- gossiping to somebody. And so we're connecting over our division with somebody else or a group of people. And it's so poisonous. And so um, what we want to cultivate instead is harmonious speech, ways to come in 
and turn that divisiveness around looking for the good in people. It's not always easy. But see what that's like when the division arises to, um, to see if there's some grain of good that we can pull or some way of um, seeing the other person or people as human and how we share those human qualities with them, uh, whether it's greediness or uh, hatred or um, ignorance. Um, so getting in touch with our, with our um, compassion here. Oh my goodness, look at the time. Okay, I'm going to tell you what the other ones are. I won't spend so much time on them. These are really easy to find. Google Buddhism wise speech. <laughs> you don't remember them or come up afterwards. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm sure you'll find lots of references. Okay, so then the next category, restraining from harsh, abusive, insulting speech. Uh, this is like the dinner table with your relatives and you start getting into territories of conversation that you know you really shouldn't (laughs) and you do anyway and it starts to get um, explosive and divisive Um, cultivating patience instead not everyone's going to agree with you not everyone's going to be coming from your viewpoint we have to cultivate patience to hold uh, that connection with with people and then last is restraining from idle chatter. You know, not just politeness and connection, but the kind that just fills the space, fills the quiet when we're with somebody else. Noticing if there's an anxiety that arises and so we just start talking, losing our connection with that other person. And so in that case, we then cultivate listening, deep listening, which is another... Uh, it's part of that gift of generosity, uh, of presence, it's that deep, deep listening. So I'm so sorry to rush through those last two. Maybe I'll bring mindful speech back in the new year. I'm sure we'll, we'll, we can keep practicing it. <laughs> uh, but we are at time. Um, so maybe just to conclude, I'll say, um, you know, as you go through these weeks uh, of winter solstice and uh, all the different spiritual holidays um, that 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 inward uh, connection with yourself of presence uh, it's really a, a wholesomeness of coming back to yourself and then from that place uh, giving that gift of generosity, of, of your presence, that same presence to someone else, widening your circle of awareness to include them is uh, a beautiful gift to give. This is a time of generosity in so many of our traditions. And that is probably one of the um, best gifts that you can offer. It's not just a connection um, in our humanness that we're offering it's, it's a connection in uh, what makes us uh, divine. It's seeing that uh, divinity in each person that you sit with, 
even if they don't agree with you, even if uh, their, their confusion is coming out, seeing if there's some way to feel that connection with them through your, your generosity of attention. So I'll leave you with that thought, uh, and we'll dedicate the, the merit this evening. And there's a number of people who have been on your hearts and minds, so we'll start with them. Uh, for Jim, is it, it, it in Eureka, uh, who's going having a triple bypass? We'll keep Jim in our heart and mind. To Patty, recovering from brain surgery and cancer. Uh, to someone's sister, Anna, with fourth stage bone cancer. For Sam, a young man who is finding his way, may he be kind to himself and feel the love of those around him. And to Kate Pittard, saying her name right, we'll keep Kate in our minds and hearts and dedicate the merit to them this evening. And in the same spirit, dedicating the merit to all beings everywhere feeling that this practice and time of cultivation is not just for us, but uh, for, for everyone, uh, that the ripple effects of our time together go out into the world uh, in ways that we don't even understand. So may this evening be for all beings everywhere. May all beings uh, find that happiness, that internal happiness and contentment May all beings be safe from inner and outer harm. May all beings be healthy in their mind and in their body. May all beings be free. May we all be free. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.